Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I'm not an alpha male. I'm not a beta male either. I'm just a better man. Better man. Well, put your happiness first, because if you don't, they won't. Yo, what's up? GYBB, get your balls back. WWDD, what would Dante do? The sexual revolution is being podcasted, and I am excited. Um, it's about to go down. This is a special show, everybody. Now, I know I might have said that 400 times before, but this time, I mean it. Finally. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get it going. Uh, Harry, how you feeling? You good? Yeah. God damn it, Dante. You don't have a right to ask me that question. My you know, bad. I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't want to. Damn well, I'm doing good. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, Andre, uh, check Andre out on uh, Slouch Theory as well as uh, as is his podcast Slouch Theory. He's it not here today. Theory. Could couldn't get it. He couldn't get it together today, and that's fine. Um, you know, we all try to grow ourselves, so Andre's not going to be on today. But uh, we love him and check him out, Andre D. Thompson. Um, you want to do the honors, my friend? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, fantastic young comedian uh, all over the place and currently part of this new scene in Miami. She's going to be part of it. She's blowing this thing up. Uh, the fantastic Brittany Brave, everybody. Put your hands together. Hey, yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming, Brittany. Thanks for coming. We've been trying to get you on for a hot minute. And then black people talk. That's like five weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving me the measurements. Thank you. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't want to confuse anybody. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing the show. We've been trying to get you on a minute. And um, you're out in Miami. Um, I did a show out there. So I know my buddy Kyle Grooms is out there. Yeah. You know, Kyle. So Kyle has been doing this huge show that kind of blew up that he named it after a club that we did in uh, that was in, in the Lower East Side called the Laugh Lounge. Yeah. Which, yeah. Where, where, you know, there was there, he had cut his teeth on there. I mean, he got it was a comic already, but that was kind of his home club. And so he named it as that. But I also did. Harry, do you remember the guys? I did? There was a bunch of guys, some young guys who were doing comedy out in Miami. Um, but ah, I wish I fucking knew these guys, but they treated me really good, flew me out there, and I did this this room where they have bird cages all over the ceiling. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's a big warehouse and it's very eclectic. I don't. No, that sounds like a lot of clubs in Miami. Actually, that could really be really yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, good dudes out there, and it was like a real budding kind of a, a budding uh, you know, comedy. Huh? Casa Tiki? Maybe. That had like cages and bamboo and stuff? Yes, yes, yes. Big place. Big. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Casa Tiki. Yeah, Casa Tiki is great. A whole bunch of different kinds of eclectic furniture all over couches and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like in a, in a, like a, uh, like a dead end kind of like up off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
strip in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great room. They have comedy there every Thursday now. Yeah. Really, really, yeah. that's dope. And they do live music and stuff too. I think so. That's dope. I had a. I had. A, I'm trying to remember the guy's slip for me. I'll, I'll come. It'll come to me. But I went out there and had a ball, man. I mean, but it's a very young scene out yeah. in Miami, and uh, like, I mean, I mean, Kyle came from here, but most of the comics, have, you know, I don't know how long you've been doing comedy. So uh, stand up, I'm gonna hit three years this okay. summer. My background's in, I'm an actress and I've done uh, a lot of improv and sketch and stuff. So I know if you act stand ups, they say that means three. Yeah, that means that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> we couldn't. Yeah, but yeah, you, don't, but, don't tell people that. Yeah. yeah, but but why? But you, I mean, you understand why too, because now that you're doing it pretty steadily, it's such a different, you know, it's such a different conceptually it's so different it's just you and them if you don't pull your weight then you know it and if you do you know it you know so it's a it's a weird thing yeah it's interesting because it was like improv and the good thing about improv is that i feel like it made me super comfortable on stage quickly yeah um but when i started stand up i was like oh whatever i can get on stage and there weren't as many nerves but yeah i mean it's almost like it the, the two things don't count like yeah. you could have 15 yeah. years of improv and it's like, okay, we'll go do this new thing. And, yeah. you're, and you're like, well, it's kind of the same thing. We get laugh there's laughs. No, yeah. but yeah. They, that, 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 uh, laughs for a minute clock. As soon as you get on, Hey everybody. And it's click, click, it's click, dish, dish, you know, yeah. and then you yeah. go back to watch improv and you're like, this is forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. Uh, uh, this, oh my God, that was so is. beautiful. Yeah. So because Sometimes, is, you know what, when you're watching an improv scene, you go, all right, we're waiting for it, we're waiting for it, and then the scene, before you know it, the scene's done, and no laughs happen. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> we never got it. We never got it. Yeah. 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 I, Harry will tell you, I hate improv. And not, not, I don't think I hate, but here's my thing. You know, like when you watch like Wayne Brady and those guys, those yeah. guys are the Michael Jordan, like that's the highest level yeah. of that. And they stink a lot of times. It's just, <laughs> it's fucking awful sometimes. I mean, it's good moments, but it, it, look, you're not, you're rolling the dice every time and it's very forgiving, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And there's something the way it's like fostered. Like I, I actually, I used to teach it a couple of years ago and uh-huh. I, I knew that I wanted to do stand up because I would, I would just straight up tell my students, I would be like, that just wasn't funny. And I had improv teachers. <laughs> You're like you're not in the business of being funny. It's about being like committed so and present. Yeah. It's, Come on. Yeah, yeah, it is about being funny, you know. But it, you know what's interesting about that is is being present is something like so when you get when you when you have comedians and stuff like that, that we're all trying to be like the better comics. I shouldn't say everybody because a lot of them sunk, but they, mm. but the, you know, the, the, the reality is that, um, you know, better comics are trying to be present, you know, that's so, so yeah, you learn the funny, you learn the, 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 the timing and the, and the technique and stuff. But then once you learn the technique, it's being present, still maintaining the funny, still on that laugh clock and still, being in the moment too which is you know it's like a whole like you know yeah and i feel like i feel like as a comedian and as a human being i just being present is like a general goal for me all the time and and comedies helped it but also 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. You it's find me. that you find that difficult. I do. Yeah. I find. I mean, I've always been like. Uh, I find it difficult in social settings too. Like wow. I, I really struggled with being like present, like fully there in a conversation, or like fully there on a date or whatever. So it's kind of a catch twenty two. I feel like comedy's helping me get better at that. Sure, bit. sure, sure. Well, look, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, no, no doubt about it. You are a cutie. So I mean, but that's just. But that's an amazing call, Dante. <laughs> <laughs> so the, and but it works. That's the weird part. It, it, it works. Yeah. Works. Well, you, you could go to any when you're a little cutie. Right. When you're a little cutie, you just do anything. You this could be your maiden call. And they would go, oh, she's adorable. I gotta, um, send, I gotta send her a drink. <laughs> but if you're it? doing that in reverse as a dude, just uh, like yeah, it's not. It's not. Not the best thing. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's see here. Oh, we lost her for a second. Let's oh. see. Okay, we might, there we go. I'm, you know, living with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> chapter 100. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing. So if a, a group of uh, elderly people come in here muttering in Armenian and, well, uh, op and open the garage door midway through. Yeah, that's crazy because my parents are dead. <laughs> um, and, he... <laughs> and you're like, but they still do that, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you guys are so rough, but their minds are dead. So fuck I mean, both of you. of old age, Dante. What do you want us to do? You're older than both of us. In all my, listen, my, my parents are black. They did not die of old oh, age. That's, all true. Right? that's true. Your mom was, my mom was, your mom was 89, so she still had another. No, my mom age. was 80. She was 80. 80? Yeah, yeah so my I'm dad married. was 92, but it was still, you know, if he, if still. if he was if he if he wasn't an American black, he would have lived to 116. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Cut, the cut. oldest man on Earth right now, I think 120 years old is a, uh, a black gentleman. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. You imagine. Imagine if he wasn't black. He'd, yeah. he'd be. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. But it, like when you talk about being present, this is one of the show. I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard the show, but one of the things I talk about all the time is being present. And, and it's like you meet, you know, you know, we, we so many women I that have come on the show and they go, you know, guys suck. I mean, they're just they're not. <laughs> masculine they're not decisive they're not and i go you this is why this is the problem it's because you don't even you, you're you're asking for something that you don't really think you deserve you know mm -hmm. okay no go okay. good you we gotta i i, oh, I no, plucked no, the nerve so you think that it's you so you think it's it's asking for qualities out of a man that maybe they're not even embodying in themselves on the reverse? No, I think I, I I'm saying the guy mm. is so he comes up to talk to you mm -hmm. and in his mind he doesn't really think he think he deserves you. But he's okay. going to eh, fuck it I give it a, I'll give it a shot. And then when you respond positively to it he, then now he feels like what I call he's shoplifting the pussy, you know, like he's he, he's trying, you know, he even if you do like him and for some reason he doesn't fuck it up 
in his mind, he doesn't think he's worthy of your time, your energy. He thinks he got lucky. Yeah. And then it's just pure luck. Right. Yeah, right. Because he can't afford it. I always reference. I don't know if you ever seen that IKEA commercial with a uh, Henry start the car with a lady comes. She goes to IKEA. She looks at the thing and the prices are so cheap. She goes, Henry, start the car. She's running it because she she wants to get away before <laughs> yeah. they realize. And and I think that that's a a, a a a depiction of how guys really perceive themselves. It's like every time I get laid, every time I meet a girl, every time I'm with a girl, it's it's like I'm I'm lucky. I'm rolling the dice and I'm lucky. Yeah. In the jacket, they don't call it getting lucky for nothing. That's I guess. a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Men always refer to it as getting lucky. I've never heard a girl refer to it as getting lucky. She's like, not, I gave him some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We call it community service. Right. Yeah. It's, we're putting the hours in. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's an interesting thing, but they think they don't understand what their value is. And then they're stepping up and asking for it. I always say, you know, say for instance, um, you know, you you I, if I if I go see a guy and I have a a V12 Mercedes Benz AMF that's worth two hundred thousand dollars, and I go, hey, you fucking punk, you <laughs> bitch, you come drinking fuck, give me a hundred dollars and I you can have this car, and he'll go, only a hundred dollars, like he won't, he like he, yeah. he it's kind of the same thing, it's it's. I understand that this car is worth more. And so I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that you just berated me and called me all these names because I know I'm winning if I get this deal. Yeah, that makes sense. By the way, all of those names that you just dropped are just what I use as terms of endearment. For my oh, boyfriend. that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody, somebody's abusive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't let fool you. She bites. <laughs> that's um. That's really interesting. That that makes that makes complete sense. That that totally makes complete sense. I want to ask a counter question now sure. because. As a woman who I have now been single now for over three years, and I feel like a lot of my 20s and a lot of the dating I did in my 20s was punctuated by guys kind of liking the idea of me or wanting me around or having me in a certain capacity, saying it's all there, saying they don't think they deserve it, but never like locking it in. So I guess my counter question to you is like, why is it like in the pursuit? I think it's in the pursuit of pussy. Yeah. And in the pursuit of the woman from from a distance, you think you're not worthy. But then you these guys get in these situations with us, and they get this opportunity, and then all of a sudden we're like, well, now you're real. Now you're really acting like you don't right. even know what it is you have. Now right, you're almost really, like you don't. You saying almost like you don't care. You don't care. So that's what I'm saying. That you're like in the beginning, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I got this opportunity. This person's giving me this woman's giving me the time of day, and I'm like, damn, like that novelty wears off because then. I feel like I've given these guys a chance and then they do have this access to me. And now I'm like, oh, now you really don't deserve it. Now right, you right. really Well, you that's a really it. great question. And I and I have a really amazing answer for that, um, because here's, it, what happens a lot of times is um, so. So this I think there's two elements that are involved here. Number one is when you deal with abusive people. Right. Mm -hmm. People are abusive. They come from abusive homes or they've been whatever the fuck. And they know socially the social dynamic of them operating is they are abusive people. Now, what happens with them a lot of times is it in, a, in any abusive relationship, you have two archetypes. One is the abuser. One is the abusee. Right. 
depending on how abusive you are, right? Mm -hmm. If you're more abusive than your partner, they become the abusee. You yeah. become the if if you're both in you're both abusive, you right. become the abusive. And even if the, you're not the person, if the other person is not abusive or is nice or kind of stable, then they become the abuser, because it doesn't really matter what position they play as long as the two archetypes are filled, because then that gives them a sense of of comfort because there's a normalcy. Do you understand? Yeah. So yeah. so. You 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 go you go okay in in my relationship with my mother and I or my father and I he was abusive and I let him abuse me and I kept trying to fight for his 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 or her acceptance and stuff and that was the nature and so even though that's painful and it's damaging what happens moreover than not is that we seek those same relationships all over again um, yeah. you get you know. Your mom's a bitch. You get a guy, he marries a bitch. Like he marries somebody who treats him like his mom, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, that's that's all really true that it's like, you know, everybody says you end up marrying your father, marrying your mother or whatever, right. because like, it is like generational and it is yeah. like the love models that you grow up with. You're right. finding it and you're seeking right. it in your relationships. And, and you repeat yeah. that over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. And I mean, so much of this is because it's exactly what you said. It's it's comfort and it's familiarity. It's something that you're used to or something that you internally think that you deserve. Yeah. And even if you can objectively see that it's abusive or objectively see that the power is off, we always go for what it is we're used to because as human beings, we're wired to be like, well, I'm going to go down the path that I know because yeah. why yeah. would I travel down a path that isn't clear? Me, right. You know, right. Do you is there a path that you followed in your relationships? You think re repeatedly? Wait, hold that. I want to. I oh. want to give the other aspect of this. Okay. The other thing. The other thing is also if I don't like myself, right? If I don't love myself, and then all of a sudden you treat me better than I feel I deserve to be treated, right? Now there's something wrong with you. So. So I go, well, I know I ain't shit. And she's treating me like a human being. It she must, must be shit. She yeah. must be shit. And so you lose that credibility. And the only way you stop that is you really have to kind of call it, stop it. And then if there's no adjustment, you got to leave, you know? Yeah. I've, I have had guys say that, um, like guy friends and stuff, and I know I've been in this position as well, too, where I put up with certain behaviors that I've had my guy friends say, like, I don't know why th this girl that I'm involved with is sticking around for my bullshit. And now at this point, it's not it's not attractive anymore. It's unattractive, like to your point, like it's like, well, what's wrong with you? that you're and i mean that's like classic abuse and classic yeah. like i wasn't super abusive i was in two abusive situations one was like really abusive for three years physical mm -hmm. emotional mental and everything mm -hmm. and that just maintains that power dynamic like they feel like a piece of shit therefore they feel like they can abuse you but then when you stick around and you put up with it now all of a sudden they're like oh i really do have the power and I, I do. And it's all now. Well, like, you know, I, I have to push back. I don't even think that that is it's really a conscious thing. It it kind of it kind of just feels right. right. You know, I smack you. Yeah. you in your mouth and you go, oh, I won't do that. And you go, oh, you go, oh, this this feels this feels comfortable. And so even when it's painful, it still feels comforting because it's see it like you said it feels familiar. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be this extreme abuse either. I mean, no. I think 
there's a lot of relationships. I mean, I think everybody here has been in a relationship where you're like, I put up with some shit for longer, longer than I needed to because yeah. it was better than not having that shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? And so, it's, it's really not. I mean, I'm like, I say this all the time. I'm, I've had situations where, I mean, like I, 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 I I had a, a girl, <laughs> I'm going to tell the story. I had a girl that I was dating and then she was like, and I was like, you know, the sex was great in the beginning. And then all of a sudden I couldn't get no head. Right. And I go, yeah. but, but I don't do the, I don't do awkward. So yeah. I go, Hey, um, can't get no head in. <laughs> like, no, what's, what's, up? Up? <laughs> what up with that? what's up with that? What's up with the hat? The head? You got no no brain, no throat, no esophagus. Not, I can't get nothing. And and sh- and she was like, "Well, you know, I just feel like um, I just I, you know, I'm not really good at it." And I, da, 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 da. I go, "Well, I'm here to practice. This is what I'm here yeah. for. I'm here to help you out." I'll be the judge of that. If I'm still asking for it, yeah. you're doing a good enough job. Right, but, right, yeah. right. And if not, we'll get there. But so she she says I, she goes oh okay I go okay well I said well understand so one of the things that we one of the things we tout over and over is, is that um, relationships are really simple um, you got to figure out figure out what your what your non negotiables are and then never negotiate them <laughs> you know yeah. it, and and the thing is if so I said I well I just want to be clear. Um, me being in a relationship where I don't get no head is non-negotiable. Now, I, if some people will go, oh, well, it's, you know, it's just this. And no, I, I, I am in charge. I'm not making you in charge of my happiness. I'm making, if this is something that's, I get to decide whatever, nego- what's negotiable. You get to say you, you're down or you're not. I go, yeah. so un- understand this. I don't want to have, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have this conversation again. So things were good for a while. And then and then it started to wean off. I I called her. I said, listen, um, we're done. We're done. We're done. Well, why? I feel like we're communicating so much. And we did. And I go and I go, well, then why is my dick not in your mouth? And she's like, why do you have to be so I go, I'm not I'm not going to go through this. I mean, I understand how vulgar it sounds in a sense on the, on the surface level, but it's it's the same thing with respect. If I want this kind of respect, if you if you don't want to please me, I don't want you to please me. If this you is can, not what you want to do, you can want whatever you want in a relationship. The right. thing is that all these relationships are elective and supplemental and additional and additive anyway. So right. it's like you might as well you can set those terms for whatever it is. I. I just got done working with, I worked with an intimacy coach for six months because in the wake of that relationship, and I I have all this to say that I agree with you because Mm -hmm. in the wake of that relationship, I consistently kept landing myself in just like really shitty situations. And part of the work I did with this coach, I hired her because I was like, you know what? This is an area of my life that I'm not good at. Let me get an instructor. Yeah. I need a coach. Like I keep picking the wrong partners. I keep putting up for stuff that I know in my heart I don't want to deal with. I, I'm not happy. I'm not getting what I want. Right. And one of the exercises we did was building out my ideal. And she it was over the course of a couple weeks. And she says, you get to pick your ideal. And your ideal is your ideal. And it does exist. And she goes, and it can be, it can range from I want him to have a good job and a good relationship with his family to I want a big dick. Like mm-hmm. she goes, be whatever yeah absolutely you know and and it's like and you know you're doing that other person a disservice if you stay in something knowing something's 
missing. And yeah, that you're unhappy in it. Why yeah. stay for yeah. both of you? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. yeah. What does an intimacy coach like cover? Like, how does this come about? This is an interesting concept. Yeah, so I I met her actually at so I mean I, I mean they all coaches nowadays I I had the worst stigma associated with coaches like I even therapy like because you I, coached I, improv for so many years that's probably why because <laughs> like, you realized how how little how little <laughs> it takes to be listed as a coach oh you've been doing it three weeks longer than the rest of us you're a coach now oh honey yeah I I was like I go I know how full of shit you are I was a coach so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, but I, I feel like life coaches and stuff were just like social media influencers who bought a notebook and a pen, you know, uh, like that, that's how I looked at them. But I met her at a domestic violence benefit. Okay. Uh, she, she has a history of abusive relationships, just like I did. So I think I already like, you know, vibe kind of vibed that. with her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's the only way it works. It's the same way with therapists too. They have, they have to see you for you. You have to come in that office and they have to be like, I get you. Like, you know, I've been through something similar. I understand. Um, But her whole program is helping young women regain their souls, their sense of agency in sex and intimacy and get what it is they want. But through like, I had to go on a detox. Like I took six months off of like, sex and and relationships and all of this stuff and like i really had these tough calls with her multiple times a week every week about like what are your top line behaviors your bottom line behaviors let's go through every guy you've ever been involved with that has any sort of significance to you and i want you to list out what was good what was bad where do you it was like the gauntlet like it was like it was yeah it was a lot but part of that was the ideal and then she goes you deserve to have absolutely everything that you want if you want a man who eats pussy then then if you come across a man i do i do i do i do i was like i mean hello okay no who doesn't Um, who's like nah that ain't up my alley I want a guy who who uh, dry heaves a little bit every time we talk about it. Yeah, exactly. I want yeah, I want a guy who has no idea where the clitoris is. Um, but How about a dude just wants to go? He goes down with a with a with a clothespin on his nose. I mean, look, it's, yeah, everybody. Whatever you're into, you could ask for anything. You can ask the universe for anything you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It, it's interesting that you know. So one of the things that I, why you were telling that story is just the ability to, to go, I'm going to, I'm going to submit myself to the process and just do it because the whole thing is if it doesn't work, okay, no, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And that's all this stuff is, is trial and error, trial and error, all of it. Yeah, Yeah. 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 What have you discovered about yourself through this process? The biggest thing you've discovered about yourself and how you handle relationships, Brittany? Um, I discovered a lot. Um, I discovered that I think a big thing for me was, um, not to go back to not being present. You know, Mm -hmm. I, um, I was landing myself in a lot of relationships and not being present. And that's why things were happening 
um, kind of uh, like off off my radar all the time. And I wasn't clocking it until it was too late. Or I was afraid in the moment. I was afraid in the moment to set boundaries. I always looked at boundary setting as like uh, clingy or bitchy or all of these different things. When in reality, I never realized that setting boundaries was actually a whole, uh, uh, it was me. It was wholly yeah. me. You know, and it's like you're being you too polite, like just even not realizing that you need boundaries like um, I don't want to ask him to stop fucking my sister because I don't want him to think, I'm, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So it was it was that um, and safety was a big thing and it, safety in a lot of different. I mean, on the surface level, it was like I needed physical safety. Obviously, that was a no brainer. <laughs> but I learned that I was like, I want someone that like I, emotional safety. Right, right. You know? And stuff like that. Um, right. And also, too, all this shit comes down to what you were saying earlier, too, like not loving yourself. Yeah. Like it's so cliche and mainstream media makes it so like, love yourself. Yes, yeah. 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 And I fuck that noise. That's not it. It's not yeah. it. It's like yeah. really, truly like knowing what you deserve and stopping it, nothing to get it. Because yeah. so many of these things that we let slide in these relationships comes from some voice somewhere inside saying, I deserve it. Now, here's a, here's a question for you. Um, your parents and stuff, like, why, where did you, how did that manifest itself from your, from your relationship with your parents? Are you, is your dad still around, your mom around? Were they together? What What's that look like? You know what's interesting? I, I, they're together. They're together for 50 years. They've been together for 50 years. They're going to have their 46th wedding anniversary this Monday. Um, they're very traditional very monogamous, very, you know, so um, I, I grapple with, I think, looking at their traditional love model and finding ways to adapt it in a very non-traditional dating setting now in 2021, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because my parents are a lot older than me. So I right, think right. what I was raised with still exists, but I've needed to kind of like, okay, how do I take the values that they instilled in me and apply them now? in 2021 as well. But you know, another thing that I learned is it was less about my parents and it was more about like my upbringing and just like random kind of, not I don't wanna go as far as to say traumatizing experiences with men, but this, if I were to give my parents anything or blame them for anything, they, this wasn't talked about a lot. Like, so I was kind of left to kind of go out there and determine I knew I should be respected. I knew that I should have a healthy relationship full of trust and all of these values. Like I looked at them and stuff like that. But I kind of like, I feel like there was a distance. But, you know, we didn't have like intimate discussion about like, okay, what do you really want a partner to look like? Like it was just like, well, he should respect you and he should have a good job and a good relationship with his family. But it's like that kind of shit. Like when I went out into the wild and that started hooking be up. That standard. Like yeah. that's not that's not a request. It's like, oh, what do you want in a car? Well, it should have four wheels. I mean, it should have an engine, ideally. Correct. Correct. So, so many of these years, I spent floundering and loving and loving and investing in men that like treated me really badly and having these like kind of traumatic experiences because I was looking for this this thing that I was distant from. Oh, he should respect me. Have a good job. Have a good relationship with his family. But it took a lot of stumbling and falling down to find like, okay, no, like really. What kind of a man do you want? Like, mm. you know, like, what do you want? What are you going to stand for? Yeah. So. And then and then you got to, the other part of that that's difficult is you got to really be, you got to be honest with that. You got to be honest with that even when it may be untraditional. So, you know, um, what, what's, your, what, what's your nationality? Like, where are your people from? 
I'm Italian. Okay. Right. Uh, how many generations out of immigrant, you know, immigration? Second immig second oh, generation. wow. Yeah. My mom and my dad were born here, but my grandparents onward were all born and raised in Italy and then eventually immigrated. Wow, that's, I mean, you know, so here's a, something that I found to be true because I do the one-on-one -on -one consultations and stuff. And what I find is a lot of kids, children from immigrant parents, because their whole point of coming here was survival. So there's never this, and, and look, I, I mean, you don't even know, like, I don't even know if you know whether or not your mom and dad is happy. Not to say that they're not or they aren't, but I'm saying that's just not something that was a priority. It's survival, you know? It, it's co-parenting. It's building a life together. I mean, you took the words right out of my... Literally before you asked, I was about to be like, listen, I'm a second-generation Italian woman, and like Italian women, are, I see it in my family, are known to be very submissive and mm. that their role here is very it's traditional to a fault if there's infidelity if there's pain if there's anything it's like it doesn't matter you stick it out you hold mm. the family together so to your point that's what i think was missing from my upbringing from my parents i was right. never taught or given that space for what makes britney happy right. what makes what, what you know what does happiness look like romantically mm. i was just I was taught that romantic happiness, quote unquote, was it's together, just yeah. being together, together, you're yeah. just together and you stay together no matter what for the mm -hmm. kids, for the family, you make mm -hmm. it work, he cheats, doesn't matter, you know what happens, you just slide it under the rug, all of these things that are not, yeah. and you're right, like, it's like, I love my parents to death, like, listen, they are a unit, I admire what they built together. Sure, sure. Very well, I mean, you, the geniuses of today stand on the shoulders of the genius of yesterday. So you wouldn't even be able to actualize what, what you're, what you, and I mean, you're still exploring this idea of self-fulfillment, self-fulfillment and happiness. But if you didn't, you know, you, you, you don't give a fuck about that when you're hungry, you know, no. when there's no <laughs> roof over your head, you don't have time for self-fulfillment. I really want to try pottery. You know, I like, it's it just, you don't have, yeah. You don't yeah, even have that. And that's so funny because we we get into arguments on like my mom goes, why is your dating life so complicated? And I'm like, because I think that yours was so simple. That's yeah. why you think it's so complicated. I was like, you just weren't considering the things that I'm considering today when yeah. you and dad picked each other or when right. you and Do they seem happy together at least? Do you get the idea that they're happy or do you get the idea that they're roommates <laughs> like a lot of immigrant parents? They a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, that's roommates. Yeah. That's they're mostly great. roommates. Yeah, I think they want a contentment and they have it. And then I also think and it's it's fun. I love what I live with them now, thanks to the pandemic. And I think it's fun to watch, watch two people deeply, deeply know each other and also be so fucking annoyed with each other. <laughs> is, it, is it weird to live to be yeah. back with them? Because uh, I just uh, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story, but I got it. <laughs> I just found condoms in the wastebasket. My dad's condoms in the waste baskets and they're magnums so fuck me yeah. <laughs> i don't know if like i, I don't know why that magnums bothers me on magnum XL. Mm, come on now we come know on, the man. difference listen why you always got to cuck somebody dante <laughs> and, and enough that my dad's got a big prick that we can't can't we just enjoy that it runs in the a family big giant armenian prick <laughs> <laughs> daddy packing heat daddy i guess he is heat. It smokes, yeah. it smokes and wears acrylic sweaters. <laughs> <laughs>
and it spits. It spits a lot. <laughs> Point. It, 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 it drinks whiskey. It has a mahogany bookshelf. It's yeah. like uh, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It has to take its slippers off too when it goes near the carpet. There's a whole Does thing. Does it drink uso? Uso. uso. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rocky. Rahi and Uso. It's it's because so it's interesting because I remember you you initially you said um that you it was really the comp the comp the complexity of the relationships. But it's funny, it's like when you take it the step back, it's really not. It's this other thing that you've learned and you're repeating it, and it becomes so innately part of who you are because I mean when you look at your mother, you go. This is, I mean, so picture you at a, as as a three, four, five year old. Your representation of what womanhood is is that woman, and what a man is is your father. Those are the two models that you have, unless you adjust those models as an adult, and then you you and then you just repeat this, you know, in your adult life over and over and over and over again. Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you've repeated it. I mean, maybe there's some element of that with everybody. You know, it's like that's what oh, you sure. do. You repeat it because that's what it is you know. And then it takes a lot of this falling down and looking inward for you to then realize, like, I actually don't need to subscribe. Like, right. I had a friend... I had a friend push back on me on this because I always said that I was like, I really want to get married. And I really, I, I was like, I really want to get married and I really want to have kids. And I really, and all he just asked one day, we were having drinks and he just goes, why? Which is such a simple question. Yeah, yeah. It goes, just, just why? Yeah. And I really struggled with, with coming up with why. Yeah. And I said, like, yeah, it's probably is because that's what I was raised with and that yeah. was romanticized a little bit to me but i i also think now that i'm kind of finding my footing really sexually and romantically after going through all of these things i'm also like well i don't necessarily need those things as long as all of these other things are here and listen all this shit is process of elimination you don't know until yeah. you date someone who fucks up your whole life and then you're like well i know i don't want that, that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just going through going through every door. But yeah. I but it's interesting because when you said something about the intimacy coaches, really to kind of ask that question, that that whole process is asking why. But you you know, and then, so in one sense you go, Well, I don't I know I don't want that, but not wanting that never gets gets you to what you want. So I, if I you know, like um my, my wife will go I'll go, what, what do you feel like eating? And she goes, and I'll go, how about how about pizza? And she'll go, oh, I don't want pizza. But that doesn't get us any closer to what it is you want. You, you, yeah. have, you, you have to really ask that question. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, it's like operating on the defense or then operating on the offense. And I think you're right. Like, yeah, that's super important to be able to spot red flags and see what it is you don't want. But, like, there's something about this area of our lives and, like, I can I can speak to it as a woman. I'd like I think women experience it a little bit more where we're like afraid to take control in this area or we're afraid to like in terms of what in terms of what 
it goes beyond just I know what it is I don't want. I think uh, I know me and my girlfriends are. It's something that we bond over. It's beyond I know what I don't want, and it's more so like you said, being active rather than mm. passive, yeah. being like. And I'm going to go for what it is I do right, want. Right. Well, like, it's part, of, part of growing yeah. up as, as a woman is the idea of uh, you want to have somebody come in and sweep you off their feet. The idea is that you don't even chase, yeah. really. You don't even ask any dudes out. You want dudes. So everything is waiting to receive, right? Yeah. So you're not accustomed to asking for what you want because you're waiting to receive and then dealing with it once you receive it as opposed to going out and seeking it yourself, which is how well, men, men hunt women trap. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's so it's so true and it's like yeah our fairy tales were all just like what was she doing like she was just waiting in a castle like not even <laughs> not even flicking the bean either she's just yeah. waiting in a castle with her hair she's just like well the day will come yeah where rescued that's it and it's like it's like hello like i want to see the disney princess that is like no, I'm going out every night, and I'm and I'm putting yeah. myself out there, and I know what I want. I want to see a Disney princess who dumps somebody. That's what I want to see. Yeah, it's yeah. all. It's also interesting um, when your your mom says, uh, "Why is your dating life so complicated?" And then yeah. when you just and and what the answer is is, "Mom, I'm way more complicated than you are." Is yeah. really what it is. This, I mean, so you you said improv and stand up comedy and and all these. So there's this. I what mean, I, I'm do, quite baby? sure your mom didn't do improv. I, I bet she didn't do. <laughs> I know, I know. I uh, my mom. So my mom um, back in the day, um, she uh, was a cosmetologist. She still has her license and everything, and she kind of does it on the side. Um, but she was like, you know, hair. She used to work in salons and do hair and nails mm. and worked in a salon in South Beach and you know a lot of that is like yeah I think you're right like I am a more comp complicated person you know yeah. like I tell her yeah. all the time like, why aren't you working in salons anymore you're a 67 year old spitfire she's a fucking mm. pistol mm. like you know got the energy you could do it you know right. why aren't you you know I'm like mom I just live a much more or sometimes I get all the time like oh you're so busy dad and I think you're so busy you do too much you're out every night performing and I'm like this is what but I, and this is what I want to do it's, it's what makes me happy but that's also because yeah. it was set up for you because their generation was the first generation here so they still had mm -hmm. to struggle and set up roots and make sure everything is taken care of in the house and the family and that sets it up so that you can go out and live a life and and chase a dream, which they yeah. didn't necessarily have that option. And they're going, you get a good man, he's got a good job. Yeah. Uh, sure, he cheats on you sometime. Sure, he, but he's sure got he a pension. He, he backhands you, but you learn to shut your mouth and you move on. Yeah. You, know, you have your kids and you move on. Yeah. Even my mom says that now too. I just wish you would find somebody and just settle down, just settle down. And I was like, I'm like, that just sounds so boring. And I'm like, yeah. what about finding somebody and opening up? Like, what about finding somebody and revving up? You know, yeah. like, I'm like, I go, mom, you have to think like, and I also think with traditional masculinity and stuff for dating, like I'm like, you and daddy found each other. And and part of daddy's appeal was that like, my father did like his father died. Um, like his his mom was not like, you know, wasn't really I didn't have a huge income. My father had to like step into a father and a leadership role, right. like really young and got robbed of a lot of fun and like right. what it is he ideally wanted to do. So I'm like, mom, I'm like, I'm not searching for a partner in the ways that you are. If I just want somebody to like pay my bills, build a life with and settle down with, honey, that's called being a sugar baby. Like yeah. mom, like, that's, yeah. that's, you know, I could find that. Really There's websites. Easy. There's websites yeah. for that. <laughs>
But it's funny because settling down, it makes it sound like it's a retirement tour. Like, just settle down, and then you don't have to do any of this anymore. And that's where the fire goes out. And I'm like, Mom, it's much more complicated now because I am paying my own bills, and I do have a career of my own, and I have my own independent schedule. So I'm dating and seeking things and qualities and elements that I just don't even think were on your wasn't even on your radar. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, It's also an interesting thing when like, so, you know, Italians as a culture, yeah, they don't do arranged marriages, but they do. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a unspoken like so like I'll, you got I'll do your consultations of anybody in the neighborhood. Right? <laughs> I got a con. I do a lot of consultations with with um with you know people from India, people from Asia, and there's a very so it's an overt uh, matchmaker thing or or, or or arranged marriage with with Italians. It's almost covert where this is what we expect of you because of you the the respect that you have for these these parents the way you talk, you you know that's always it's a fucking cyst on your neck that's always just laying there and you and you and you and you don't want to disappoint them and then it's this you don't you know there's an el- that element of control is there. You're, you're very right. Like where it's like there, there it's not if it's not an arranged marriage in the sense that they're going to force you or like pick who it is that you should spend your life with. Oh, my God, you're going to be suffocated with with guilt, yeah. guilt and expectations over who it is that this partner should be. And I mean, I see it. Listen, I'm a little bit more aware of it now, too, because my family, everybody in my family plays by the book. Like, and it is very like Italian Catholic in that sense. Like, you know, I remember my cousin and her, her husband, they had an on and off relationship for many years. Everybody kind of knew they were going to end up together. They got a house when they got back together, immediately moved in and and signed for a house together. She got pregnant. Then they got married. And my aunt goes, oh, she's doing everything out of order. Mm. My aunt goes. And I'm like, out of order. Like, what is the order? Those sound like the yeah. lyrics of a Billy Joel song. Everything that you just described, like right, right, moving right, out, exactly. moving in, getting pregnant, the whole thing, the whole <laughs> catastrophe. The whole catastrophe. That's it. Um, so I've already kind of been able to remove myself because I'm the only person in my family that's a comedian or has any kind of like off the beaten path right. career and and lifestyle and everything. But um, yeah, you are. You know, and I think I've I've I learned that in the last couple of years that I'm like reconciling what it is I want to take from how it is I was raised because it's not all bad. No, no, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, I'm like, I respect a lot of what my mom and my dad built and I like a lot of these traditional values, but then, okay, how do I, what is it that I want that, you know, I can objectively see was missing from all the relationships that came before me. Yeah. Right. Right. And the rejection of those things that you don't want. It's interesting. I mean, black people don't really have that as much. It's because you always read about being killed. So you don't really, you just, you just kind of, there's really no That occupies real, a lot of time. Yeah, space, there's really right? no yeah. framework, you know. Um, That's why and, a lot of black people don't read The Secret, you know. They don't, they don't really read The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time to really go backpacking yeah. to Europe right yeah, now. To find I'm, themselves. Uh, they don't take a, a travel year. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I have a, I have a one year, I'm 54, I have a one year old, right? Um, it's my first child. 
Um, and my dad, interesting, my dad had me at 49. Now, I have older sisters. Like, I have a, I got this bitch in the next room. She, she, she's, she's, she's 80 and off. But, um, it's neither here nor there. Um, I was triggered. Sorry. And, uh, but what's interesting is, is, you know, his um you say it's not all bad so my dad was an extreme he was five two the smallest he was the youngest of 16 kids eight boys eight girls and he was born in 1920 so my oldest aunt who was my oldest aunt was born in the 1800s and so I had this thing of, you know, my, my father really didn't have the emotional acuity to even broach these conversations in a lot of way. I mean, and then I, I, I have resented that a lot in my, in my youth, but then I go, he grew up in Jim Crow. Like he grew up when there was separate water. Like you have to take that variable into consideration, forgive them for that but still understand but him he was only five two but a, a huge personality i remember as a kid um we could not go down the street without people yelling from the outside hey nero and you know just this kind of popular guy so i mean that i the respect of the surrounding people was always something that i that was was innately part of 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 my understanding of what manhood was the problem was he was grossly motivated by the acceptance of other people Mm -hmm. and his acceptance of other people made him neglectful of me as his son because of the fact that um once he had got i mean i was his son and so you know you always want the you want that you want the attention of info. So he had that. And so he didn't really care about that. He w- he was always seeking the approval of strangers. And so, but in the, in the, in my, my father has a street named after him and he has a park named after him. And so, but he's helped hundreds of thousands of inner city kids. He was a father to hundreds of thousands of kids, but he really wasn't there for me because he had me. I was, I was there. You know what I mean? I was, and and so my old thing was, okay, like what you're saying is, what about this do I like? What about this that I don't like? And so I'm grow and 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 I, you know, you gotta kind of find the midway because my and Harry will tell you that I don't give a fuck about people think, no, you know, but you can't you can't thanks, Harry. <laughs> but but to the same token, in order to be in that place where you don't give a fuck about what people think, you 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 ha- you have to be self-monitoring. You you yeah. literally have to be honest with yourself about your 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 civility, you sure your, shit your humanity, perfect. your kindness, your because if you don't give a fuck, if you're not taking this information from the outs, the input from the outside, which I mean, I'm not saying I don't, but um, you have to be self, you have to aware. be self self aware and self scrutinizing. To was I kind? Was I was I? So I always say I wake up in the morning with the with the intention of putting my feet on the ground and moving forward with civility and humanity and empathy and kindness. Um, if I'm not acting that way, or somebody is bereaved or, or somebody's upset with something, then I have to ask myself, 
was this fair? Was this appropriate? And so I'm constantly doing that. And and it, it, it so you gotta you, you know because you if you if you look it, it, I'm trying to think what it. it Approval is a, a saloon door. It swings both ways. So if you allow people to validate you, then you yeah. also allow people to devalidate you. So you ain't shit when they think you're shit and you're great when it, and I don't want to give that kind of power away. And also, I, I agree. And also, if, you know, you always have to have your internal compass, like how you just said, like you're like, if you know, um, a lot of this too is like in the journey of becoming a comedian as well. Like that ability to poke fun at yourself comes mm -hmm. from a level of self-awareness yeah. and, and understanding of the self and acceptance of the self. And there is this power in like, well, if I'm happy with myself or I'm able, I can make fun of the things about myself. Right. I understand myself that's the golden ticket because yeah. then you're already removed from whatever it is anybody else has to say about you because anything they say you could be like yeah i'm aware i i know i do that right right right, that right. and they don't and have the power over you either they have no power now because it's like well i'm already aware that i do that thanks for noticing i'm aware and i'm already 10 steps ahead by trying to manage it and work it i live at home with my parents it's There's fine it's fine it's fine yeah. wow that's yeah, an old telephone i want to tell you we gotta, we, i know the you got a hard out you got a hard yep. out but i want to say that um funny this mm -hmm. is like you know doing i've been doing comedy 20 years and i realized funny is being able to well, you have to be able to see what people see and yep. the funny is either the exaggeration of what is or the opposing side. So if the truth is here, funny is at either end of the truth, but you have to understand where the truth is first. And when you understand where the truth is, the funny is at either end of that. So I agree. I, you know, either you should it out and heightening it. Yeah. And calling it out so brutally and going in and unpacking it in a way that you're saying what everybody's thinking, or you're right, right. if on the other side of it, where it's or like, it's something that they never thought. So I used to get yeah. on, I used to get on stage and say, um, I'd stand and people would look at me and because I'm not, I, most comics don't look like me, and they, I used to go, why is the bouncer? People are looking at me like, why is the bouncer on stage telling jokes? And they would crack up because that's what they're thinking. Um, yeah. And then the other side of that is, so I'm I'm home reading the secret. Uh, crocheting and drinking chamomile, and then that's funny because it's it's such the opposing thing. Um, yeah. Brittany, I pre I really fucking appreciate this. This was a great conversation. I appreciate. I would love to have you on again. I love you know when you love to see you when you get back in town. I would love that. Yeah, I'm gonna be back in mid June. I would love to hang out with you guys and and do another another stint. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, tell me what you want to plug. Anything you want to plug? Um, I'm on social media at Britney Brave. I'm I'm mostly in Miami now, but I'm I'm going back and forth to New York and other places. And I have a, a web series called The Disastrous Dating Life of Diane Damone. Um, and it's it's pretty funny. Two episodes are out now. We're gonna roll out another one soon. And oh. it's yeah, it's about a young Italian girl with a big heart who loves hard but fights hard and is two feet in and two feet out. And I read the script when it was presented to me and I was like, hit me, here we are. So, I feel like uh, your mom wrote that script and she left it in a chest next I to her really wedding next to her wedding dress and you just found it. I think she called the creator, the director of the show and she was like, just <laughs> ask her in this, she needs to see herself through art. So just please write this show about her. Um, but we're really we're really proud of it and it's on Vimeo and it's, it's oh, funny. Oh. Yeah. So you, you you have been a fucking joy. Um <laughs> Harry, talk to me. 
Uh, you can check out all my social media at Harry Trajanian. Uh, and yeah, that's that's all it. Uh, find us on Patreon at uh, Manschool202, patreon.com. In fact, Dante and I are probably going to do something now over there. Uh, and also check out the TikTok, the YouTube channel, Instagram. We're all over the place. Find us, uh, Manschool202. Uh, we're pumping out content. And we thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, uh, also, every check out Andre. Andre wasn't here today because he had to take care of some stuff. But Andre D. Thompson, check him out. His podcast is Slouch Theory. Um, everything with me is Dante Nero, the Dante Nero, some form of that. DanteNero.com. If you need a consultation, you can go DanteNero.com, click on consult. Um, check us out on the YouTube channel. Um, GYBB, get your balls back. WWDD, what would Dante do? The sexual revolution is being podcasted. I love y'all, man. We're going to go behind the scenes, do some, some questions and stuff. Brittany, thank you so much. You've been a fucking delight. <laughs>